Welcome to the Sports Notes Podcast. Today, I'm going to be covering two topics. The NBA MVP candidates, who is a favorite to win MVP, and the World Series favorites. Let's start off with the NBA MVP candidates. Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and Paul George. Giannis Antetokounmpo is averaging 27.5 points per game on 58% shooting. He's averaging 12.7 rebounds per game, 6 assists per game, 1.3 steals per game, and 1.4 blocks per game. The Bucks are currently in first place in the Eastern Conference with the record of 52-18 and and have the best record in the NBA. James Harden is averaging 35.9 points per game on 44% shooting, 6.4 rebounds per game, 7.6 assists per game, and 2.2 steals per game. The Rockets are currently in third place in the Western Conference with a record of 44-26. and 26. Paul George is averaging 28.3 points per game on 44% shooting, uh, 8.2 rebounds per game, 4.2 assists per game, and 2.2 steals per game. The Thunder are fifth place in the Western Conference with a record of 42-28. and 28. I think as of right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP because he has his team first place in the Eastern Conference and the Bucks have the best overall record in the league. Uh, moving on to the next topic, World Series favorites. My early pick to win the World Series is the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have made it to the World Series in back-to-back seasons, and I think the third time will be the charm for the boys in blue. The Dodgers lost a fan favorite in Yasiel Puig, but they did sign A.J. Pollock. They lost Manny Machado, but they will get back Corey Seager from injury. The Dodgers lineup could look something like Chris Taylor leading off, followed by Corey Seager, Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Jock Peterson, Russell Martin, and the pitcher spot. The Dodgers have a very dangerous lineup, and what I noticed last season was they would walk Justin Turner at times to face the next batter, or walk Cody Bellinger to face the next batter, but now the Dodgers have six to seven guys on their, in their rotation who can get a hit on any given night. Good news and bad news for Dodger fans. Dave Roberts announced that Corey Seager will be ready for, the, for opening day. Uh, the bad news is Clayton Kershaw will not be ready for opening day, meaning Rich Hill or Walker Buehler um, will likely take the mound for opening day. I got some questions. Um, this the first question is from at Ballify NBA. Which NBA team do you have coming out of each conference? Uh, let me start off by saying that my two sleepers in the league are the LA Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I just think that the Clippers have been the underdogs all season long. They traded away Tobias Harris. Everyone said that. They're going to tank. They're not going to make the playoffs. But they did get Ivica Zubats, Landry Shamit, Jamichael Green, um, Garrett Temple. So these guys are contributing. And that's key. They also got Wilson Chandler, who hasn't been playing at all. But if Wilson Chandler can get into the shape that he was at in Denver and actually contribute to this team, they will be in good shape in the playoffs. Uh, many people have asked me if the Clippers will get past the first round. I would say they will, as long as they don't verse the Warriors. I think they have what it takes to beat 
the Rockets um, because they just don't give up for 48 minutes of play. And we know James Harden, how he performs in the playoffs. He's been performing phenomenally this season, but we still have to see what he has in April. That's when it matters. In May, that's when it matters. Um, As for the Nets, I've said that the Nets will make the playoffs from the start of the season because of D'Angelo Russell. I really had faith in him when he was in L.A., and I still do in Brooklyn. Um, They're currently in seventh seed, and um, yeah, I think that they will be huge underdogs in the Eastern Conference this season. Before the season started, um, I had the Raptors going to the finals from the Eastern Conference. But since Tobias Harris got traded to the Sixers, I'm leaning toward the Sixers making it to the finals as long as Joel Embiid remains healthy. In the Western Conference, I'm going to have to go with the Warriors simply because they have five All-Stars. And it's going to be tough to beat a team with five All-Stars um, in a four-game Four times in a series. So I have the Warriors versus the Sixers in the finals if everyone remains healthy. This question is asked by at CP Sports Talk. Who wins the NL East? Um, that's, that's a tough question because it's very early to tell. Injuries happen in a 162-game season. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Philadelphia Phillies right now. I just think that Bryce Harper has brought life to that franchise. And if the Phillies remain healthy, they will win the NL East division. But then you can't count the Nationals out. You can't count the Mets out. Um, I think the Mets will have a much better season this season than they did last season. So you can't count any of those teams out. But for right now, I have the Philadelphia Phillies going to the winning the division if they all remain healthy. Uh, the next question is asked by Brandon Whitrup. Who is the greatest of all time in the NBA. For me, each era has a different great. In 1960, it was Bill Russell. In 1970, it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In 1980, it was Magic Johnson. In 1990, it was Michael Jordan. And in in 2000, it was Kobe Bryant. Then from 2011 and on, it's been LeBron James. Different greats in different eras. The reason why I don't like comparing LeBron with Jordan or LeBron with Kobe because, first off, LeBron and Jordan and LeBron and Kobe have different play styles. Jordan and Kobe were scorers. They were shooting guards. LeBron's a small forward, but he's a playmaker. He can score. So they're different. they have different play styles. If you compare LeBron with Magic, that would be... A better comparison, but again, different eras. And what I mean by different eras is different competition, toughness in back in the day was a big thing. And now it's like you came and touch a guy, and if you do, you get a foul. So I always think it think of it like this. If Kobe Bryant were to play in today's game right now. In his prime, he'd be averaging close to 40 points per game. Something similar to what Harden's doing, but he would eclipse Harden's scoring average right now. Reason being, 
when Kobe put his mind to score, he would score. And with today's rules, he would get fouled every other play. And he would convert. So that's why I think Kobe would score close to 40 points per game. That's one reason you can't compare. Two, um, again, like I said, the toughness. Back then, you know, Dennis Rodman, uh, Bill Lambeer, guys like this, they would not back down from LeBron. Now you see guys who respect LeBron enough to give him some leeway. Not big names, not like Durant, not like Kawhi, but other guys who he versus. They give him some leeway. And I mean, if LeBron were to get as many fouls called on him as Harden does, as Giannis does, but mainly Harden, then LeBron would be averaging close to 35 points per game. But he doesn't. And I think, see, like, that's what I mean. You can't really put LeBron into the 1980-1990 era and say, LeBron can do this. LeBron can do that. Because it's a different era, and you don't really know what he can do. The reason why I'm bringing up Kobe in this era and not Jordan, because Kobe was playing two years ago. So it, the NBA got much softer, the refs especially, after Kobe retired, which was 2017 and on. So that's why I have different greats in different eras. You just can't compare uh, Bill Russell, let's say, with Michael Jordan, right? Bill Russell has 11 rings, Jordan has six, and some people like comparing rings then that means Bill Russell is the greatest of all time. But again, you can't. Different grades and different eras. Uh, last question is from at Mafi underscore Ariana. Why are you a Laker fan? Um, I was raised and live in LA. I watched Kobe Bryant play since I was three years old. So for about 15 years until he retired. Uh, growing up, I idolized Kobe, his work ethic, his will to win. Um... And his commitment to the game of basketball. And that's the main reason why I love the game of basketball. To this day, I'm a Laker fan. No matter how upsetting some losses may be, I will always be a Laker fan. Um, when I say his his work ethic, I don't mean just going to the gym and taking 500 shots a day. I mean him waking up at 5 a.m., being at the gym at 5 a.m., and... Putting in work from 5 a.m. on and just not stopping until he perfected his game. And unfortunately, he got injured in 2013. That kind of turned his career around. I always think of when people bring up the comparisons of Jordan and uh, LeBron and Kobe and say, you know, LeBron averages 27, 7, and 7. Kobe averages 25, 5, and 5. Therefore, LeBron's better. But I always think to myself, what could have happened if Kobe never got injured? And he just kept playing the way he was in 2010, 2011. It would have been different. So, you know, I think it was unfortunate. And in 2016, I would have hoped that they would have had a better team around Kobe. Didn't happen that way, but that's the reason why I love the game of basketball, and um, that's why I'm a Laker fan. Uh, and that's it for this show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to tune in next week for a new episode with new topics.